Business Matters in association with the Letterkenny IT Faculty of Business. Looking for a career in financial services? Consider the Level 9 MA in Governance, Compliance and Data Protection. Take the next step in your career and contact the Exec Ed Coordinator on 9186206 or email execed at lyat.ie today. I'm Kieran O'Donnell. You're welcome to Business Matters. Later in the programme, we will be recalling the life and times of the Creaselborn pioneering computer programmer Kay McNulty with Eamon McFadden from Glass Mountain Digital Media. But first, Garam School Kualu in Balnamore became the first Irish language school in the country to participate in the Business in the Communities Sayre and Teal World of Work programme in partnership with Atom through the medium of Irish. Business Matters visited the school on the first day of the programme on Wednesday to find out more. Pamela Kearney is Business in the Community's Northwest Regional Coordinator and I began by asking how the Donegal ETB School teamed up with Optum and her organisation for the initiative. Well, my organisation, Business in the Community, approached Nullock Burley, um, the management team at Optum, and asked if they would like to match with the school in Donegal um, to work with the students in that school and provide them with an insight into the world of work. So Nullag from Optum is a very fluent Irish speaker, very keen on promoting the language and actually bringing the language into the workplace. So she actually suggested that the company match with the Irish speaking school. Unfortunately, Garm School Kuala then were available um, and ready and waiting for a match. So it's been successful all round. We're delighted. So it was the personal touch, Pamela, that got you in the door, basically, was it? I'd say so, yes. Nolog's very talented and the team at Optum welcomed the opportunity to work with the schools. They're very seriously into their corporate social responsibility. They do give back to the community. They have many initiatives just to encourage students to get involved um, in the world of work. Could you tell me a bit about the work of business in the community Ireland and what a remit is? Well, Business in the Community Ireland works with businesses nationwide throughout Ireland. We are a not-for-profit organisation and there are approximately um, 120 companies that actually work with Business in the Community and they are members of Business in the Community in Ireland. Um, Those companies tend to be large corporates with more more than 100 staff. And the idea is that Business in the Community encourages the businesses to work responsibly. We cover issues such as sustainability, carbon footprint and social inclusion. So we advise business on policies and procedures and practices that, um, uh, I guess, protect our environment and take into consideration issues such as climate change. We also encourage businesses then to give back to their community and hence the education programmes that we have and school business partnerships that we've introduced. And how are those uh, education programmes going at the moment? Brilliant. Excellent. In Ireland, we have over 280 programmes. That's nationwide. I'm one of 18 coordinators who help set up the programmes and run them in conjunction with the schools and the businesses. Um, the programmes are in Donegal. There are 13 here in Donegal, and we have large corporates in Donegal um, working with schools. Those businesses are Marks & Spencer's, KN Cersei, Optum, Gallagher's Bakehouse, we've got Phillips Medisize, and many more. So that's a wide range, Pamela, of of businesses? It is, and it's a wonderful opportunity for students to see behind the scenes. Students learn about careers and jobs that they haven't thought about before or that they were just simply unaware of. 
and with changes in working environment, they get um, an insight into increasing advances in technology. Um, they also find out what jobs are like. Do you feel that it's something that the curriculum should maybe have more of? There is a good um, amount of coverage of careers within the current curriculum. I think if you would ask a young person in school, and I know you will be doing that today, do they feel they want more input um, from businesses and do they want to learn more about careers? I think they probably would say yes. Um, so the World of Work program that we have is a wonderful opportunity just to see what it's really like. You probably agree, Kieran, that um, we would always like we would have liked something like that when we were younger, because we have the World of Work, which was the Insight program. We also have a mentoring program. This is like a big brother, big sister program where employees actually are matched up with a student, and they stay with that student over a two-year period. They meet them every three weeks for an hour or so, and they're there just to support, guide, and encourage them. Um, feedback from students is that it's lovely to have someone other than the parent and the teacher to help them with CVs, interview skills, to explore careers, to think about courses they can do after school. And what has come back is the students feel that businesses locally and businesses who mentor and have volunteers from the company that they actually care about the students and they want the best for them. In your role, have you noticed uh, a bigger buy-in from companies and businesses to the initiatives? Yes, definitely. Um, I think because of staff morale, employees just love the opportunity to get out in schools because they have walked the path that the students are going to walk. So they know all the pitfalls there. They know in hindsight what they would have done had they had the knowledge that they have now. So employees really get... Um, excited by the prospect of meeting with students and those students can be primary school students and post-primary students because we have several programs we have two programs for primary schools time to count and time to read um so they're, they're wonderful programs uh, you mentioned a number of the businesses uh, that are involved here locally in donegal uh, are there plans to further extend the range of programs going into the future there are actually, yes. Um, so at present, Business in the Community is exploring special education schools to see if there are opportunities to empower individuals with disabilities, um, cognitive development disorders such as autism, um, or alternatively, physical disabilities. So there's a new program in that area. Could I just say at this stage, Kieran, a little shout out to businesses out there. I have one lovely school in Letterkenny. Principal is really proactive. And they were with a business here locally for 13 years. Now, there has been a change in the business structure. Well, the business lead retired, and she'll have a lovely retirement, I'm sure. But we're looking for a business then to match that school. It could be with a one-to-one -one big brother, big sister mentoring program or for a world of work program. And how can businesses, if they want to get involved, how can they do that, Pamela? Well, the businesses can contact our, look at our website. It's www.bitc.ie. Alternatively, they can ring me directly if they want to be involved. Uh, one thing I will point out, Kieran, is that there is a donation made by the businesses because business in the community is a not-for-profit organisation. So the businesses pay a donation and in turn for that, then they receive their staff, which may number between two and six. They participate in training um, for the World of Work programs. And if it's a mentoring program, the staff can go up to 25. 
So they do receive training and every company gets an impact report so they know exactly how the programme went um, and it's very valuable for them. Just getting back to, to the school and the programme being run here, how significant is it for the school to have secured this programme and how significant is it for your organisation that they're on board? The feedback from schools excellent. The feedback from the schools think that it's wonderful to have the opportunity to connect with the business because the programmes themselves benefit the students. The programmes also benefit the staff. The programmes meet the corporate social responsibility of the companies. Um, but in addition to that, the programme allows the schools and the businesses to develop their partnerships. So not only does it upskill the students, but there are also opportunities for work experiences and for other opportunities for students to see what it's like within the world of work. Pamela, in your role, have you had uh, much feedback from students who have gone on and maybe developed careers in uh, places that they were maybe set on a work experience and were part of your programme? Yes, we do. There are lots of examples of individuals who perhaps have participated in the two-year mentoring programme. And those individuals are now within the workplace, perhaps in their late 20s, because business and community has existed for the past 20 years. We would tend to invite many individuals back to celebrate the mentoring programs. So any school business partnership that delivers a mentoring program engages in a celebration at the end of the program. Minister of Education is invited along, and we invite along those individuals who have kind of graduated from our mentoring program. What you do find here, and I think there's a lovely touch, you find that there are staff and employees who volunteer as mentors. They then support and coach the young person in school as the big brother, big sister, over a two-year period in fifth year and sixth year. And they then carry on and stay in contact with that person when they go on to university or go on to work. So they form a relationship just because of that educational initiative. Um, the programme then has an impact to actually change the path that people follow. Okay. And finally, Pamela, what is your key objective uh, for the students uh, when they finish this programme? For me, I would like students to complete a World of Work programme knowing who they are as individuals, knowing more about their own unique talents, strengths and qualities, knowing that if they stay on at school and finish their leave insert, they have a passport that will open opportunities for them and they'll also have a greater insight into the range of careers and jobs. They'll also see how supportive the companies and businesses are here in Donegal. They raise awareness for the businesses as well by telling parents and by telling friends. So all in all, what tends to happen is the students really do enjoy the programme. They say that in the valuations we have a 95% plus um, extremely satisfied result, you know, nice from students. Yes, it is, isn't it? <laughs> Pamela Kearney, Business in the Community's Northwest Regional Coordinator, thanks for joining us today on Business Matters. You're welcome. Thanks very much. If there's a business in Donegal that would like to match with the Lyric Kennedy School Pamela mentioned, they can contact Pamela directly on 086-170-5954. Pamela has also an unmatched post-primary school on Anmore Island and two primary schools seeking businesses to help 7- to 8-year-olds with literacy and 8- to 9-year-olds with maths starting in September. And just to note, in a situation where a business does not have 100 staff, two businesses can form a partnership to support the one school. Now... Nula McCool is a business studies teacher at Garam School, Kualu. Nula explained the plans to secure a business in the community programme for the school, of which she is a former pupil, started five years ago. 
Um, so I suppose this all started for us in uh, 2017. Um, we have a school completion coordinator who's based in St Columbus College in Stranorlar, Sadie Kelly. And Sadie approached myself when I was the homeschool liaison coordinator here in the school about this brilliant opportunity uh, of business in the community. Um, she said, would you like to sign up for it? And I said, yeah, I would love to be able to give the opportunity to our students to take part in something so worthwhile. So um, Sadie put our name forward at the time, but there were no businesses coming forward at that time to take on anybody new. So we were on the list and then COVID hit. Um, we had always had, I suppose, an interest and in it being through the medium of Irish, if possible, as that's always very, very hard for us to get somebody with Irish to do anything in the school. So we had said to Sadie at the time, wouldn't it be great if we could get this done through the medium of Irish? And she says, well, leave it with me and I'll do my best and we'll see what happens. So COVID hit and obviously no businesses were taking part in anything like this. Schools weren't open, etc. So um, we came back to school this September and... We couldn't believe it when Sadie made contact and Pamela made contact to say that there was um, somebody in Optum who was fluent in Irish and who was really, really interested in doing this programme and that they'd love to link with an Irish school and that we were on the list and that we were being picked to do it. So that's how it all came about and we were absolutely delighted because, as I said, it's always very hard to get facilitators for programmes in an all-Irish speaking school and we were delighted that we were having somebody that was coming forward saying, hey, we're here, we'd love to do something in Irish with you and that they were picking us to do it with. And the fact that you're the first school in the country to do it must have been a great sense of satisfaction. Yeah, we're absolutely delighted to be the first school in the county was something and then to find out we were the first school in Ireland to be able to do this we were absolutely delighted to be able to offer Seaher and Thiel to our students here in Garmskull Kualu. So how many students are involved in the first rollout of this programme? Um, we have our second year class that are taking part in Seaher and Thiel and we have 14 students participating in this programme at the minute. So today was our first day and they've just had their first uh, session with Optum and it's gone absolutely fabulous. They've really really enjoyed um, the course today and they definitely were all smiles and they actually said when, when the Nolig and, and Shane left the room that it really was more than what they'd thought it would be so they really brought a lot out of it So what can the students expect now over the next five or six weeks? Well over the next five to six weeks I suppose they're going to be working on a lot of um, stuff to do with Optum they're going to be learning all about Optum they're going to be meeting up with staff members some of which are our past pupils and they're going to be able to interview them and they're going to do like a speed dating as such where they're going to go around tables and they're going to get to ask them all the questions about how they developed from being a secondary school student like them to going on to college possibly and then how did they end up getting a job in Optum and what it is they do. Um, they're also going to be doing soft skill program with them where they're going to be learning such things as communication skills, how to do a presentation, how to present themselves for interview, how, how to communicate with people. And that will be very useful for them when they go on to do their MRB, which is their classroom based assessment uh, in second and third year. And third year, they do an actual presentation where they actually have to speak to uh, the whole class, present an enterprise or an idea or whatever to their students in their class and they're going to have to do that for three minutes as part of their classroom based assessment. So they're going to get these skills now developed during this programme which is going to be really of use to them when they move on into third year. It's quite a large skill set though isn't it? It's absolutely brilliant and then when they get it all done they're going to move in then to actually go and meet other staff in Optum are actually going to get into Optum for the wrap-up session, so we're all going to be involved in that. Myself and Pamela, Shane and Nolog, um, Sadie will be coming along, our principal, our homeschool liaison, Fanula Amarine, we're all going to be getting involved and we're all going to um, Optum 
and they're going to actually get into Optum, which is such a treat at the minute after having COVID and not being able to go anywhere. They're all going to get to go in there and get to see what it's actually like to be in a business and to see what kind of way they work in there. You mentioned past pupils. That's a great link to have from the school to Optum, isn't it? Absolutely wonderful to have. And we were delighted when we had our first Zoom. We couldn't believe it when they turned around and said, actually, there's one of your students working here. And we're lucky as well. One of our, our parents of one of the students in our class actually is one of the staff that members there as well. So we've got a great connection now already with Optum. So it, it's great now moving forward that we'll have this connection with a company in a town because obviously we're in a rural area here. We don't have many companies that are just on our doorstep that we're able to, you know, walk down to and have a trip around. And, you know, we do, we study LCVP here in the school and you normally go out to a company and have a look around. But we would have very few here in this rural area. So it's great now that we have Optum and that there'll be other doors opening there for us in terms of link module, in terms of TY and all of that. There'll be other opportunities for us being linked with Optum. Are you hoping that this will be a long-term relationship, Nilla? Yeah, well, we're hoping it will be. Normally, the partnerships could last for maybe 10 years and plus. So we're hoping that this is now something that we'll be able to do yearly and that will grow. We're starting off, obviously, with the world of work, Seer and Thiel, but there are other things out there, uh, as Pamela mentioned, the mentoring, and there's also the opportunity of work experience for TY students. Um, currently, their policy is that they take in, you know, past or staff members' uh, children, but that we will hopefully be able to open doors for our students to, to get in and get that kind of experience as well. Now, you mentioned COVID. Uh, we're, we're two years on from the outbreak of the pandemic. How challenging has that been as a teacher uh, over the last two years for someone like yourself? Um, well, for me, myself, personally, I'm only back in the classroom this year. I was a homeschool liaison, so I would have been working with the families during the COVID um, but for all the staff here, it was quite a difficult time. It was a very difficult time for the children. Um, online teaching isn't for everybody, but everybody did their best. They've learned loads of new skills. There's teachers that have had to upskill and, and have to say everybody adapted quite well. But it's lovely to be in school now this week and seeing children's faces, everybody happy. There's a buzz now that people are getting back to normal. And it's really, really lovely to see after such a tough two years, you know. And listen to your experience of teaching, um, is this uh, this course and this initiative something that you see as a part of the future of the curriculum and maybe a way a, a good direction that learning should go? Yeah, I think you know with the review of the junior cert and they're ta- talking possibly of review of the leaving cert. You know, it's definitely something that is. It's you know it's something that we'd be looking forward to doing. You know, because there is going to be changes coming along, and I suppose children don't always learn from sitting in a classroom with a book and a teacher talking to them. You know, children sometimes learn from doing things. So, you know, this is a practical, hands-on, interactive class, and they're going to get a great opportunity to actually see what it is like to work somewhere and, and to learn so much from people. Like, they've learned so much there this morning just from one session. So, like, that's more than maybe I could have taught them in three or four classes because it's somebody new, it's, it's exciting, it's energetic, and it's all new to them, and, and they're really going to you know, benefit from it. So it is something I definitely think there should be more of, you know. And as Pamela said, other companies that are out there that love to get involved, it is a great opportunity for everybody. And does it help the teaching process that they have this uh, program to sort of uh, lean on and learn from? Yeah, it definitely does, because like a lot of the topics that they're going to be covering now during this program, I'd be teaching in class to them. So, you know, it makes my job a little bit easier because they're learning, you know, from professionals that are actually working in that job. It's okay for me to say this is what you do when you're in this job and this is what, you know, you have to be able to do. But these people are going to be in sitting in front of them, telling them this is actually what I do from day to day. So, you know, they're going to be learning it from the person who's doing it rather than just somebody who's learned all about it. As a business teacher, have you noticed much of a change in the business world over the last number of years? 
I suppose everything has moved so technology, you know, technology is a big thing at the minute and sustainability and all of that, you know, so there has been massive, massive changes. There's changes in everything from schooling right up to working and obviously COVID has added changes to everything as well. So yeah, there has been quite a lot of changes, you know. And how long was the school open here? Did I? The school opened in 1982, so we'll be celebrating now 40 years now in September. So started off a very, very small school with only a few children in the school. Um, it was set up initially for um, Gaelic students. The students in this area would go to school and would be taught through the medium of Irish. So it was an idea that came up that, you know, wouldn't it be lovely that they could carry on, have their secondary school education through the medium of Irish. So a group of people came together, set up the school, and we're here now 40 years. I'm actually a past pupil myself of the school. So it's, it's great to see how things have progressed. And uh, we offer all the same subjects as all the, all the big schools. We offer the LCVP. We offer TY. We're hoping to get LCA here now soon. Um, and we're getting three new rooms built here now this year for uh, metalwork, a new subject. So we offer everything from, you know, GDC, your graphic design, your art, your music, your history, your HE, your woodwork, construction. We do the whole lot, PE, everything. We have all the subjects, English, Irish, maths, everything. Our language is French. So there's great opportunities here. You know, some people wouldn't think in a small rural school in the middle of Donegal there'd be as much. But we offer the same programs and the same subjects as all the other bigger schools. And finally, Nula, what are your hopes and expectations for your students that are on the current pro- programme? I just hope they'll enjoy it. They've had a tough two years. It's lovely to have people coming into the school. It's lovely for them to have something to look forward to. Um, they're going to get a trip out of it. They're going to get away. And, you know, it, it, it's just... I suppose it's just lovely to be able to offer this to the students at this time. We've waited for so long. We've been, as I said, I put my name down in 2017 to try and get this. And, you know, it's lovely now that it's actually come full circle and that I'm back in the classroom and that I'm the lead teacher on the programme with them. And it's just great to have had that opportunity given to us because here in Balnamore, we always try to give our students the same opportunities as the bigger schools, as difficult as it can be at times. But we do our best. And um, it's great to have this added programme now to the list of programmes we already offer. Neil McCool, Business Studies Teacher at Garen School Kualu, thanks very much for joining us today Thank on you, Business Thank you. We finish our package on Garen School Kualu by getting the views of some of the students who are taking part in the Business in the Community programme. We spoke to three of the second years, Megan, Chloe and Lauren, who had just completed the first of six morning sessions of the World and Work programme. I'm joined by Megan, a second year pupil at uh, Ballinamore. Megan, You've just completed your first morning of the new business programme. Could you talk to me a wee bit about that? Uh, yeah, today we uh, met the people that were coming in and talking to us about Optum and they told us what we'd be doing and they asked us a few questions about ourselves and then we went through what we'd be doing for the next few weeks at Optum. Looking forward to it? Yeah, it's not what I thought it was. It's more like fun and I didn't think it was like more like learning about how to present and everything and is business something that you have a big interest in? Well yeah I like to learn about new things so yeah it's interesting yeah. And what are you hoping to get out of the programme when when you're finished? I want to be able to like present my presentations well and just be able to be more confident standing up in front of everyone and tell them like more about the presentation. I'm joined by Chloe. Chloe, can you tell me about the session this morning and how that went for you? It was very interesting. I, t- I learned that I'd be better at pe- presenting stuff and all that there, this kind of stuff, and that I'll be going out to Optin's building out in Eric County. So it's going to be very interesting. 
it's been a, a tough couple of years with COVID. Uh, I'm sure it's something you're looking forward to getting involved in Optum and learning about everything that Optum does. Yeah, because this last two years you can't really get out to places and know stuff. You weren't at school for a long time and all that there kind of stuff. And have you learned much about what Optum do, uh, even in your first session? Yeah, they, they learned that they're big business and they partnered with other businesses and stuff, and schools and stuff. And do you do you see yourself having a career in business? I th- might. I don't know yet. I'll see you in the long term, maybe. I'm joined by Lauren. Lauren, how was this morning's session? Uh, it, it was good. It, it was different. I, like, I didn't think it was going to be as good as it was, and it was just... Different. It was very good. It was interesting. What were you expecting this morning, and what was different? I I was like expecting it just to be like talking like about like big terms in business, but but they kept it simple and they just talked to us about what we were going to be doing. It was good. Did it make it more attractive the fact that it was told to you in a simple terms? Yeah, yeah, it did. Yeah. And have you an idea what you like to do when you leave school, or? No. Well, I'm still sort of trying to decide. I. I've thought of a few things, but I don't know. Join us after the break when we will be recalling the life and times of Kay McNulty, the Chrysler-born pioneering computer programmer with Glass Mountain Digital Media's Eamon McFadden. Business Matters in association with the Letterkenny IT Faculty of Business. Looking for a career in financial services? Consider the Level 9 MA in Governance, Compliance and Data Protection. Take the next step in your career and contact the Exec Ed Coordinator on 9186206 or email execed at lyat.ie today. Welcome back. Chris LeBourne K. McNulty was a pioneering computer programmer who left a lasting legacy in the world of technology and innovation. K. died in 2006 at the age of 85. Joining me to discuss her life and times is the owner of Glass Mountain Digital Media, Eamon McFadden. Eamon, you're very welcome to Business Matters. Thanks very much, Kieran. It's good to be on with you. Eamon, in your voiceover at the start of your short film, which celebrated the life of Kay McNulty, you make reference to two of Chrysler's most influential people, Bradley Gallagher, who you say changed the face of Irish entertainment, and Kay McNulty, who you say helped change the world. A great description of her contribution to digital innovation. Yeah, I think it's it, it was... Uh it was a fair comment. They were the two daughters of Chrysler, as I say. A lot of people would have said that Brady Gallagher was Ireland's first ever pop star. So that was, um, um you know, everybody, her legacy w- was huge. And, you know, it's a great, you know, it's a lasting legacy as well. And they're very proud of that. Um, I think that Kay's legacy, though, was always slightly understated for much of throughout of her life, really. And it was only in her kind of her, maybe her later years. And in fact, since her, her passing, maybe that the true, uh, gravity of her achievements have really come to pass because there's there's no getting around the fact that the, the digital computer changed the world and the fact that she was one of the first six people to ever program that, to learn how to program that. Um, she was married to the co-founder of the f- first ever computer. So I think um, from the phones we have in our pockets to the the, the, the software in our cars or TVs, and there's not a thing to, that's there's not a thing we have that isn't impacted by the, that. And we're in, we're in this communication age now. And that was ushered in by the pioneers like Kay, like John Mockley and all those early, early computer pioneers. So take me back to the start of, of Kay McDuffie's life. Uh, well, Kay was born, uh, in Femore here in Chrysler. We just out, um, 
it's 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 remoted to the foot of Crookatee Hill, if anybody or Crookatee Mountain. That's where she was from. I know um, she was born there. She lived there till she was about three years of age. Um, she grew up in a household as a native Irish speaker. Uh, she didn't have any English at all, apparently, when, when they emigrated. Um, her father, um, James, ha- had was a talented stonemason, and he used to he went to America for work at different times in his life, where he worked for John B. Kelly, um, the father of the famous actress Grace Kelly, who was good friends with him. He was a very talented uh, stonemason. He used to work, and he came back. He built a beautiful house in Fimor, a very fine house for its time, um, and that's where it was. Um, he was also very active in the Republican movement uh, during that time as well. He was uh, an army trainer at that time. Now, on the night that Kay was born on February 12th, um, I think just just over 101 years ago now, uh, he ended up being arrested and been in prison for two years. And on his release from prison, I think it was then he made plans to return to America uh, for the interest of his family and all of that. And so... But with that, I think the, uh, the the family had effectively all... He moved out first, and I understand that Kay and them moved out later. But Kay, in her m- memoirs, uh, does talk about her very earliest recollections, was sitting on... <laughs> it's quite a comical description, where she's sitting on the porch of the house up in Fimor, and she was looking under the crack on the door with her two brothers, and they had a goat out in the front yard. And if the goat was there, they wouldn't go out and play, because I think the goat was a bit on the angry side so um she would say if we if the goat was uh, was there we wouldn't go out but so she she has she has some memories of it and as you say that's the we kind of uh, uh prelude into the film was using that from her which was actually voiced by Kay's daughter jenny jenny was kind enough to to, to read the read the and record that for us and she sent it over from her house in, in pennsylvania so uh that's the that's the early story she moved to america um there grew up a native Irish speaker, but as we uh, she she adapted like all of them did, and that's that's where the life took on from there. Then, very much a high achiever, and, and mathematics was her big subject. Yeah, she she she, she uh, clearly was a very bright person. Um, if there, there's lots of nice interviews with her on YouTube and different things, I know her son Bill has a has a great archive of stuff of both Kay and John Mockley and all that early computer stuff. Uh, a high achiever, but I don't think she would have seen herself in those terms. She was a very humble, very down-to-earth person. Um, but she got an opportunity maybe over in America that she mightn't have had here, which was she, she ended up um, going to, to going to college effectively. Um, and that's what she did. She went to the Chestnut Hill College for Women, and she graduated from there in mathematics. So she clearly had a great aptitude for this here. I think she liked the problem-solving aspects of things and that. And that ultimately led her into the uh, down the road of uh, applying for a job during the Second World War years as a mathematician, um, for, for effectively for, for a program being developed by the U.S. military, from what I can gather. Yeah. And that was called ENIAC? Well, the, the ENIAC came along sl- slightly later than that. The K was, was first a human computer with the... Um, that's what they called them. They were the people who computed the sets of mathematics to work out trajectories of missiles for launches. And I think they were given an absolutely phenomenal amount of data to crunch. So they would take this and maybe a few weeks later they would come up with a set of trajectories that would would be relevant to whatever operation was going on. Um, Unbeknownst to Kay, I think, while she was working as a human computer, what we would now call the the, the digital computer was been developed in tandem with that. Uh, Top secret... um, um, program at the time and ultimately Kay and six of the other human computers were asked to come on board because 
what has been worked on the uh, in the background was a reprogrammable digital computer, the first of its kind. Um, it was called the the ENIAC, and the ENIAC. I keep after check it here because it's uh, it's the Electronic Numerical Integrator and Computer, and that you know is a, a computer that you would probably wouldn't fit inside the building at, at Highland Radio, <laughs> you know, in, the, in terms of scale. It was a big thing that filled a, a vast room, from what I can see, and it was all made up of of valves and wires and like you know if you go back to the sort of almost the, the binary stages the very simple uh, simplistic version of it it's either a thing is switched on or switched off so these things had little uh, on off valves and you could determine the, the programming um based on on the state of that's okay and six other six k and five other women were the first six to learn how to program that i think um she was literally handed a set of the wiring diagrams of of the original computer, the ENIAC, and she had to work it out from there. So it wasn't the case of they were trained to do it. They were kind of the... So it is a very pioneering role when you look back on it, and that's what they did. That was developed. So th- those those uh, computations that they were working out uh, beforehand mathematically would have taken weeks to do. Now, when they had these coordinates compiled and, and, and put it into the ENIAC, They'd be they'd be calculated in, in just a click of a finger, almost you know, in very very uh, within a few seconds, I think, uh, and that sort of, that was the, the change. And then when that was done, it could be reprogrammed once again to do the next set of coordinates, and that really opened the door for something, the, the opportunity, the, the flexibility of the device was. It's not only can you program it, you can reprogram it, and that's the way it was. It didn't see active service in the war particularly because the war ended, so then just. Um, Shortly after the war, it was unveiled to the public for the first time. So that was just actually 76 years ago, I think maybe last last month. And that is still celebrated today. So they have a national ENIAC day. And there's, uh, I understand there's even one of the, the original ENIAC machine is, is in a museum that you can see. So that, that's how it started. Yeah, her, her and five other women, which is quite remarkable for the time too, you know. Eamon, you mentioned her husband and they formed a, a very... Interesting partnership after she maybe stepped out of the job she had. Yeah, um, the, the ENIAC was co-founded by John Mockley. Um, John and Kay then later uh, um, uh, became involved romantically. And then they, uh, John had been married pre- previously and had a family, but sadly his wife passed away quite young. Um, he, he then uh, met, met with Kay, and then they struck up a, a, a relationship. And now it's it's very sweet. Actually, there's some great video footage of them both been interviewed about their sort of times, and they're clearly a very sweet, smitten couple. Um, and they, they went on then to have more children, and so they have a big, uh, a big family with that. John was a, was a co- was a co-founder. Um, you know, I suppose in many years he was. Uh, and rightly, you know, uh, to the fore as a pioneer of computing. Um, Kay's maybe achievements would have been slightly more in, in the shadows maybe during uh, that time. But that's that's just what it was. I think, though, for them, their household, it must have been, uh, it must have made for some unique discussions around the dinner table to sit that you have effectively someone who, uh, you know, had the smarts to create um, the first reprogrammable digital computer and one of the first people to, to be able to program it. Um and I think that if you see them, the, the, the humbleness and the very grounded nature of them, you know, they did it for the love of what, what, of the subject, you know, and they developed it on there. John went on then to, to create a company after that as well with, uh, with his partner, Press Eckhart, and that became the Mockley Eckhart computer. And that, I suppose, in many ways, might have become the first 
commercial uh, computer uh, production company in the world, you know. And it's at a time when I suppose maybe the the full gravity of what was what what computers could do, you know. I think there was a famous quote that someone said the world has a need for like a handful of computers. That's all you'll ever need, you know. And now we have more technology in our pockets that would have sent the, the you know, the, the, than the moon landings that you know that would have brought people to the moon. So. You know, but it, what it is is that they were out and out pioneers. They really were. Um, you know, they blazed the trail now and ushered in. As I say, we're in the communication age now. The fact that we're sitting here, you know, recording all this stuff on on a digital computer, and you can go away. We're not doing reams and reams of tape, and we're doing you know, the, just the way you can you can you can use it, the way you can adapt it, the way you can store it, the way you can share it, the way you can transfer it. That that's what paved the way for all of this. You know. You mentioned Kay's daughter. Did you get many stories from herself when you were talking to her? Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, when I was making the f- the film, um, I thought that I thought there hadn't really ever been something done to to promote uh, to to honour Kay from her home village. Like we're only a wee place here, and you know it's a tight knit community, and there, we've always been very proud. Kay still has lots and lots and lots of family relatives, McNulty's and McGinley's and Harkins, and there's lots of people. And she was she maintained a, a frequent visitor here all of her life, so she she was here. Um, you know, uh, regularly. Uh, but when I made, went to make the film, I had I had never met her, unfortunately, and I didn't really know much of her family. But I, I got, managed to get in contact with her son Bill and her daughter Jenny. And Bill and Jenny were of huge, a huge help to making the film, providing photographs and archives and and all that sort of material as well. And uh, so I've sort of maintained a wee link with them too over the years now. And we do have plans to kind of um, to honour Kay, maybe with more of a more physical. Um, uh, something um, in her honour in the village because I think it's it's too big an achievement to not like. I mean, the fact that if DCU and letter uh, DCU renamed their computers building uh, after K McNulty in honour of her achievements, the LYIT, the top graduate every year, gets gets the K McNulty award. Um, you know, there's been huge amounts of stuff done to honour her now. She's been inducted to all sorts of halls of fame for women in technology and all of this. The National Committee for Commemorative Plaques are taking an interest and are, are going to help with putting something increased in her honour as well. So um, I suppose it's it's only due rewards now. But when that comes to pass, hopefully we will be able to have some of the, the, the Mockley and McNulty family come from America to do that too. But that's a work in progress now. But um, yeah, so yeah. Jenny actually uh, works in the college that Kay graduated from, yeah, and her son Bill is a musician, and I think Bill is very also uh, a real innovator in, in digital music and digital technology as well. So, you know, the apples uh, didn't fall too far from the trees there, but very nice people and very, very uh, down to earth. Yeah. What's the one thing that struck you most about Kay? I suppose it, in some ways um, it was her humility, you know. she. I think you have to understand too that it, it was a very, you know, for her back during the war years, it would have been highly unusual for a woman to be leading maybe in technology, a very male-dominated world. Um, but Kay kind of kept very grounded on all this. Clearly she had a phenomenal aptitude for it. Um and I think that's that's a big part of it too. That uh, you know, she just went on to uh, you know develop it, and 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 in her later years went on to champion women and technology in a big way as well. Her and the other the other co-founders again. There's a lot of nice footage of all these different talks that they would give and uh, things like that. So you know, she she was she pioneered much more than the early days. You know, she she stayed true to kind of uh, championing women and uh, STEM subjects. You know, all all of her life. 
Um, and that was, you know, so that was probably the humility of, of what they achieved. I think um, they certainly didn't seem to be looking for the kudos of it at the time. Um, so yeah, that's probably the, one of the chief among them. Yeah, mentioned, you mentioned uh, the male-dominated world at that particular time. Do you feel her contribution has helped change that, or helped help to start to change it? Yeah, I, I don't. I don't doubt that it has because I mean, this is the conversations that we're having now. Um, you know, she has come to the fore. I think it's, it's as I say, it sadly is mostly since her passing. But people are realizing that there was a huge uh, swathe. Like, there's a huge amount of women that have pioneered many, many things that have maybe hung in the shadows for too long, because just of the way the sort of the, the patriarchy w- was established over the years. That you know, it was it was almost like second fiddle. But you can't deny it now. You know, when you look at the cold hard facts of what what people have done and what they've achieved. It's to the fore, and it needs to be celebrated to the fore, you know. So uh, I suppose that's you know that's a big part of why I know, um, like you know, there's a, there's a great many um, institutions that are honouring that there. And I suppose it is, you know, you, you have to think now that it's it's the the next generation is what you have to try and encourage into all this and science and technology and all that. You know, you need these champions to explain that. You know, there was a little girl that left here. I mean, one of the things that uh, I found remarkable. And she left here a native Irish speaker. She learned to speak English over there. You know, Jenny, I hope I have this right, but Jenny told me that she counted in Irish all of her life and she prayed in Irish all of her life. So if you think that she counted in Irish throughout her life, some of the very first work done on programming a computer would have been counted out in Gaelic. You know, that would have been her her, her natural thing to do because all the work she did um, to work through all the, the, the documents was to count out these things, and so it's remarkable if that that's the case. You know that that, that was the way she was. But uh, so there's lots of little funny things like that. But if, if that's, you know, I think that's a hugely inspirational um, thing to, to see that someone who comes from such humble backgrounds, but given the opportunities that were there, because I'm sure the opportunities wouldn't have been here for her at that time. But the, the opportunities to do something with that technology now. Is, is here increasingly. You could go up to Fimore now and you could, if there were some, you know, somebody bright spark that could learn to code, that could learn to develop the next new app, that could, you know, that, that's the opportunities that, that, that she's opened up, they have opened up. So, yeah, it's, it's a, you know, a complete game changer. To say that they helped change the world isn't an understatement, I don't think. I mean, you talk about her humility and she very much lived in the shadows of her husband, but that changed in later years. Yeah, it did. It did. I think, um, you know, it's the fact that there was more inclusivity about these things, you know, that, um, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't, a, it was, it may have appeared to be a male dominated environment. Um, and it, it, it was to some degree. But as I say, like, she, she was one of five, one of a team of six women who pioneered this, you know, um, that's just a fact of it. That's, you know, it's undeniable. So, like, you know, it's up there with the, the greatest achievements in technology from what I can see. And now you can you can look around and there's still, you know, it's uh, becoming maybe more egalitarian. The access to all this is open to everybody. So, again, that's another thing that that work set the grounds for. So, like, that's, you'd think that that's, that's open to everybody now, you know, um, the opportunities for men, women, boys and girls, you know. So, it's, I suppose it's up to us to what the next, and the next generation, what they choose to do with it. But, yeah. Even the thought just struck me there when you were talking. Isn't it great to have so much information and knowledge of someone of the caliber of Kay McNulty? Yeah, it is. It is. I mean, we were um, again. We we have it. We can share it. It's there. You know, 
Um, I often think of this because there's there's a fantastic uh, photograph of Kay on one of her visits home, and she's up. She has climbed up Crocketee just above just above her house. Effectively, they almost walked out the back and straight up the hill. But when you get up to the top, you have this panoramic view. You can see all of Ards and Sheephaven and over to Downings and all of that. And it's a lovely, lovely photograph. She's very relaxed looking, you know. Um, and nowadays, if you, if you think you'd probably be up taking a selfie, you'd be, you know, you'd maybe shooting a video and sharing it on social media and all of this, you know, but it's, um, we're lucky to have what we do have on Kay. I think it's, it's fantastic that her, her memoirs, um, have been recorded. Um, and, you know, there's, there's some nice footage of the time. It's, it's very much of its time, you know, which gives it all a nice nostalgic tint. But, you know, when you see, it's only 76 years since the NX been unveiled. Like, when you, you know, it's not hundreds and hundreds of years ago. It's within, like, it's within, you know, a, a, a generation or two just past, you know what I mean? It's not, it's not that far in the past, but it shows maybe how much technology has, has changed us all, you know, that, that now that seems to be, uh, kind of an epoch from you know from a long time ago but in real terms you know and human memory it's not that long ago um you know Kay herself would have been 101 if she'd lived just back on the 12th of february last last month you know so um you know yeah that's it's, it's, it's good to have the, it's good to have these things it's good to share them i like to see that nationally people have done a lot to, to celebrate uh, Kay and her legacy uh it's it was always really nice to make the film because to do it from a point of view for Chrysler. And as I say, we do have plans to maybe have something a bit more permanent and in a physical realm a we kind of tribute to her in, in the village. That's hopefully something we'll, we're working with on the um, Chrysler Community Association. We, Ben McFadden, and, and all the team there have been brilliant, brilliant support, have done an absolute power of good for the, for the, for the village over, over recent years. So hopefully that'll be another wee thing we can enjoy now, maybe in, uh, in, in over the coming months once we kind of get the wheels in motion of that. And finally, Eamon, would I be right in saying that uh, your film on Kay Nulty and the work you've done on her and about her life story is up there with uh, the, the the bits of work that you've enjoyed doing most? Uh, yeah, yeah, without a doubt, without a doubt. I think when you can maybe, um, you know, like my thing is to is effectively to get, I love to get the um, archive footage. Like my, my, my core work is digital media work for in the commercial sector. So it's videography, it's well, web design, it's copywriting, it's that type of stuff. But these things kind of become a bit of a personal project. At the end of the day, you still get to use all your professional tools to do it. But um, we, like we, all the little films I've done have been to celebrate our locality here. And I really enjoyed making the K one because it's the first time ever to turn my attention on a particular person. Um, and I think that was because she was an unsung hero for much of her time here. And it was nice for our community to, to acknowledge her. Um, so, yeah, there was a great personal interest in it there. And I don't think it's finished yet because... I mean, you wouldn't know, you know, like what could come on here. We could, you know, could could we could we start up a little sort of maybe foundation in her memory that could could help promote um, STEM subjects for young people here. You know, could we could we could we leverage that a wee bit to help the next generation? I'm, I've no doubt that we could. You know, so maybe that's something that comes on because I think as her legacy's been celebrated and all this lovely archive stuff was coming out, and I'm sure there's probably more that we haven't seen. Um, so yeah, it's 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 a continue to to champion it, but uh, yeah, very proud to have done it for sure. Eamon McFadden, owner of Glass Mountain Digital Media, thanks for taking the time today to talk to us on Business Matters. Thanks so much, Kieran. It's good to chat as always. Thanks for that. Well, that's our lot for this edition of Business Matters. Thanks to my guests, Pamela Kearney, Nuala McCool, students Megan and Chloe and Lauren, and Eamon McFadden. If you'd like to get in touch with the program. 
drop an email to businessmatters at highlandradio.com. Business Matters in association with the Letterkenny IT Faculty of Business. Looking for a career in financial services? Consider the Level 9 MA in Governance, Compliance and Data Protection. Take the next step in your career and contact the Exec Ed Coordinator on 91-86206 or email execed at lyat.ie today.